Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. Brian, it's storytelling time. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. Hey, you promised me the other day you would tell me a story. And I want to know, and I think our listening public wants to know too, how did you get started in sales? Let's go back. Tell us. Man, that's a long time ago, my friend. Way back in the old days. The good old well, days. Trust me, it's, it's certainly not as, as, as long back as mine is. So uh, your memory is going to be better. So go ahead. Lay it on. Yeah. Us. I've been taking these supplements so I can remember things. It's, I think that it's been working. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, John. I got into sales back in 2000, 20 years ago. And... You know, it was one of those things, John, I'll never forget it. I was working at Walmart, you know, going to college and just, you know, I hated retail. I just hated the grind. I mean, you're working nights, you're working weekends, you're getting paid, you know, pittance, you know, your manager is always busting your chops for something. And one day they had this, this credit card, you know, I'm sure everybody knows you go to these retail stores or you go to these, uh, these stores and they're always asking you to sign up for their, their credit card, right? Sure. Oh yeah. Person was sick and they said, Brian, can you fill in? And I said, absolutely. So at the end of the shift, the manager came up to me and said, Hey, I've never seen success like this before from anyone. You, you did an amazing job. You know, would you be open to doing this more often? I said, yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed talking to people and I really enjoyed kind of like the competitive nature of it to see how many I can do. And, um, but I realized, man, I'm not getting paid for this. Right. And no matter how good I do, no matter how great my productivity is in the cash register, I'm getting paid as, as the same amount of money as somebody who's doing much worse than I was. So I, I'll never forget it, John. I was, it was in the afternoon. I was eating my lunch and I had a newspaper in my hand. This kind of dates it, right? And there was an ad for sales. I don't know what caused me to pick this thing up. And I made the phone call. I said, hey, I'm interested in the position. Okay, well, Brian, you're really casual on the phone, but I love to talk to you. I like your energy. You know, let's, let's go ahead and, and meet for an interview. And, I, and what really drew me into this, John, was the fact that I thought to myself, I want to get paid what I'm worth. I want to get paid based on my performance. That was really attractive to me. And I was really a, a competitive person as well. So went to the interview. So, so Brian, hold, hold on. So how long, how long were you putting up with not being paid what you were worth doing the credit card thing for these guys? Not long. I mean, I okay. probably about a week and I realized to myself, you know what? I want to get paid. But I did loved you realize you wanted to be in sales at that point? You know, I did. And I remember when I applied for okay. the job, I said, I'd like to be in sales. But the way they defined sales was, you're out there on the floor, you know, cleaning up clothes or you know, stocking clothes and answering questions. So that that to me that wasn't what sales represented. So um, I had always wanted to get involved in sales at some point, but this was just kind of the, the conduit to prove to myself, hey, I can do it. Now I want to get paid for it, right? And I want to test myself okay. in in um, you know in, in the pro in the big leagues. Good, good. All right. So, so you went, you went to the interview. So let's get to the interview. I went to the interview and it, what a story it is, John. So this guy, I don't want to name him, but at the time he was a very young entrepreneur. Now he's very well known. He wrote a best-selling book on Amazon. He's a big, you know, all over LinkedIn and whatnot. He's a, he's a jet setter with celebrities, but at the time he was just a, a bright eyed and bushy tailed 30 year old entrepreneur. So I come in for the interview and I'm sitting there in my, you know, the best clothes that I have at the time. And he's asking me all the standard questions. And he, he says to me, you know, you're very casual. He kept using that word casual. I guess it's the opposite of professional, right? And, but I very much like you and I think you have a lot of potential. And, you know, he's asking me the standard questions and he stops for a minute and he, he says to me, I have a question for you, Brian. And I said, okay, what is it? He says, if you were in a restaurant and 
you received horrible service, but the waitress had an amazing rack, would you give her a tip? And I'm sitting here, and he never cracked a smile, never laughed at all. And I, I thought to myself, gee, how do I answer this question, right? Is this a trick question? And I can't remember. I honestly can't remember how I answered it. And then he moved on, and he asked me some more standard questions. So then he asked me, Brian, what do you think about gays in the military? And uh, I said, I don't know. I Don't ask, don't tell. And he, okay, 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 great. And then um, I don't know if I can get in this, John. Can I use profanity on this channel or? Yeah, censors, uh, censors took today off from what I heard. Yeah, so this is not me. This is him saying this, by the way. I just want to preface that. Um, he looked at me and he asked me, he says, how would you feel about having a fag for a boss? That's, that's his words, not mine. And um, I'm thinking, my God, is, is this a test? Either A, he's asking me if I'm comfortable with having a gay boss, right? Or B, uh, because of the profane word that he used, maybe he does not like gay people. And he's, you know, so I had no idea what he was at, you know, what, what he was looking for. And I, I, I kind of stumbled and he said, Brian, what I, what I gather from you is you're a very tolerant person. You're a good guy. And, uh, you know, is that what you're telling? I said, absolutely. Yes. Right. So it's funny. He, he asked me, he went over the pay. It was awesome. I get paid 5%. I get paid an hourly rate. It was Monday through Friday. Here are the hours. And here's what you're going to be selling. It's basically office supplies to businesses. And he said, I want you to go home and I want you to think about it. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I want to do this. I've made my, up my mind. I've made my decision. I'm ready to make the leap. And he said, oh, Brian, you know, I love your enthusiasm, but this is a big change. You've never done this before and you want to make an informed decision. I said, listen, Monday through Friday, better pay, uh, doing what I love to do. I'm in. I'm at, he said, okay, fantastic. You start on Monday. It, it was so I was in John I had made it now could I keep it that's the question right <laughs> right that's always and, the question and I remember my parents telling me what in the world are you doing I mean this is at the time the stigma was you sell over the phone you're scum I mean that's what right. that's the way I was welcome to this is what are you doing I mean my mother was a teacher my dad was an auto mechanic for the LAPD and he advanced his career up the ladder my grandparents were teachers Brian what are you bringing to the family shame what are you doing mm -hmm. and um, right. you know I said I'm gonna give it a shot and I'm not going to be deterred right it's my life let me live it so um, started on a Monday and boss walks me in hey give me the tour of the place I meet some great people who I thought are very supportive, good people. And here's your office. I get my own office. You're kidding me. I shared it with a guy named Victor, great guy. And he took me through you know, the ropes. Hey, here's our pitch. You know, here's a script as a guide. Here's how we work our leads. Here's how we reach out to our prospects. Here's how you submit the orders. It was a eye opening experience. And I couldn't wait to dive into it, John. And I took like it to a, a fish to water. It was, it was a fantastic experience. But what I really remember the difference, John, you know, cause I came from a retail environment and I remember this is going to sound crazy, but I was sick one day. Right. And I remember calling and saying, Hey, I'm really sick. I left a message. I'm sick. I can't come in. You want to hear something really interesting, John? Go ahead. Every single employee called me to wish me well, and to say, get better, we miss you. Every really? employee. Yeah. And it just literally just, I said, man, I made the right decision. These people care about me. Um, and I never experienced that in any other job that I had. And I worked all through high school. I couldn't believe it. And by the way, John, the money was fantastic. I never forget the first sale that I made. I was so proud of myself. I was on cloud nine. You know, you'd think I closed an enterprise level deal. I just sold some small office supply thing. And my boss called me in the office and he said, Brian, I want you to go get the cognac. 
out of the refrigerator. At the time, I'm 20 years old. I'm like, it's okay. It's between us, right? I'm a business owner. I can do what I want. Got the cognac. We did a toast. You know, I gagged. He laughed. Um, but it was the first deal that I ever made. I'll never forget it. I will never, ever forget it. And um, all throughout my tenure at this place, John, this man mentored me and he taught me and he allowed me to actually hire two to three people and have them underneath of me. I mean, a 20 year old kid, uh, you know, he, he taught me the business side. He had other businesses from within. This was just a piece of that business. And he taught me other sides of the business, gave me responsibilities, really groomed me. And uh, if it wasn't for him, you know, I really wouldn't be here today. Honestly, it was, it was an amazing experience. How long did you stay there? I, I stayed there for about a year and a half, about okay. a year and a half. And the only reason I, I left was because there was some issues. Uh, I think there were some legal issues where he had to, to sunset that side of the business. But I'm telling you, it, it prepared me, John, like you wouldn't believe. I'll never forget. There was one day where I was on the phone and I was making cold calls and he had tapped into the line and he started really grinding on me heavy. You know, and, and it was one of those lines where I can hear what he was saying, but the prospect couldn't hear what he was saying. So all throughout the call, he's on me. Hey, ask for this. Why didn't you do that? Hey, keep it up this. Hey, your tonality. Hey, you're questioning. Hey, you're pacing. And he was up my rear end, John. And I remember at the end, one of, uh, one of my colleagues looked at me and said, man, I don't know how I'd be able to take that. You know, I got to give you kudos on that. And I said, hey, it's okay. It's, uh, he's building me up. He's making me stronger. He's making me better. And it was a tough sale, John. This, the, the, we were selling into businesses who had contracts already. These are people that didn't know who I was, didn't want what I was selling. We were more expensive than the other guys. So we really had to sell value. We really had to sell us. And it really prepared me going forward into other businesses because it was much easier coming from an environment like that. So what do you think was the secret to your success there? You know, I think it was, one was... Uh, I think it was persistence. And it's funny because I really wasn't giving a formal sales training in this position. It was really just my, my natural ability to connect to people. Later on down the line, when I worked at ADP, you know, I received that formal training. But I think it was my ability to disarm people and really connect to people. I think it was you know, hard work, being very persistent, just pounding the phone, you know, picking up the phone, just dialing like a beast. Uh, I think it was cutting to the chase and really coming up with a pattern that worked reading people and seeing how they reacted to certain statements, uh, seeing how they reacted to the pitch in certain areas and also who I was pitching, being able to get through to the right person, navigating through the gatekeeper, getting into that person. Then when I did really uh, hitting those key points of value, connecting, being able to overcome objections and then a really close with urgency, uh, I think that really, really helped me a lot. So he sounded, the, the fellow who, who owned the company and hired you, sounded from your earlier description like he was quite adept at reading people and was throwing you strange questions because he wanted to see how you reacted to them. That's what it sounded like to me. So how much assistance would you give him credit for in helping you understand and develop your sales skills at that point? You know, it, it, he gave me the platform, he gave me the opportunity, but I think he realized this guy has natural raw ability, which I did. And I think that he set me up with a mentor, which was this, this man, Victor, who was uh, working with me, but I quickly eclipsed Victor 
And that's of course why he granted me to have two or three kind of lead gen people underneath of me. But he, we have meetings uh, every week and sometimes daily and it wasn't directly related to my job function, but it was related to sales in general and it was related to his business uh, practices. And I think he wanted me to soak up everything and kind of put it together. I think he recognized the fact that I can take all of these uh, bits and pieces and stats and best practices and put them together in a way that re- would relate to success at my job function. And I did just that. So I think he took, after that session, he took more of a hands-off approach because he saw me take what he gave me and run with it and really put it into practice and put it into play. So if, if not to put words in your mouth, but to help our, our listeners understand why, why we're even having this conversation, it seems like there were a number of components um, that we're talking about constantly that were responsible for your success. One of them that, that I was picking up on, one of them was that, that there were, you had a mentor right? Even though it was short, but you had a mentor. The second is that you just hustled. The third is that you felt appreciated by him. And the fourth was that he created a good culture. Is that, is that pretty much what you're thinking? No, absolutely, John. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, he mentored me and it's, it goes to a good leader because on the flip side of that, as I mentioned, this, this man, Victor, uh, he would mentor him a little bit more because he needed a little bit more. So a great leader is one who sees that, hey, this person can be autonomous and they're winning. Why fix something that's not broken? You know, let it happen. Let it happen organically. We're seeing the growth. We're seeing the results come in. Somebody else who's a little bit stagnant, let's give them a little bit more attention. Right. But you're right. It was a constant and it was a balance of accountability and reward. So when something didn't go my way, let's look at it. Let's dissect it. Let's figure it out. And I'm going to care enough, meaning him, he's going to care enough to say, let's look at this and how can we overcome it and fix it moving forward instead of ignoring it and you know, exercising tacit approval and uh, you know, not giving it any attention, but really honing in on it. But then also when the victories happen, let's celebrate the victories. Right. And people work for that. You know, we want praise of our mentors. Right. And I was so proud to be there. The culture. Exactly. He hired great people that were absolutely supportive. They added value to the business. And um, yeah, to your other point, uh, definitely provided that amazing uh, training in the beginning. The culture was second to none. But uh, yeah, all the points that you and I are talking about it, were exhibited in this organization. And it really of course, foster that in my mind, moving forward to the, the positions that I've had since then. So it's, it's, it's interesting also that, that when we talked about um, things to talk about relative to, to your career, that this one came up first. And, and I think the reason it came up first is because since all of these components were aligned as well as they were, this has left a lifetime lasting positive impression on you and so that when you think of good feelings about sales this is one of the first ones that you think about and I find that to be pretty remarkable and something that managers all should really strive to achieve within their organization yeah no I agree I definitely agree I've been very fortunate it's it's funny because you know a lot of us we've had jobs that were less than stellar and I think much of my success was a lot of it was the appreciation for for being given that opportunity, knowing what I had come from 
and how miserable I was doing what I did before that and just being so grateful for the chance to be able to thrive and running with it and knowing the fact that my instincts told me I would be good at this and somebody else saw that in me with no experience because you and I were talking about this, John. How do you get in? How do you break into the business right. when you really don't have any experience, right? There's no, I mean, you want to be a chef, you go to culinary school. You want to be a sales rep, how do you do it? I mean, there's really no program that you can say, here, here's my certification. You know, let me come in as an intern or let me come in as an entry level. You just don't have that. So this person really saw something. I mean, I think he respected the fact that I would really go after it and come to him and say, listen, I saw this post. I feel I'm the best person for the job. I'm willing to put my reputation on the line to be able to prove that I can do this. And, you know, being given that opportunity when you have people that have much more experience to me, that I was very honored, and I wanted to do him proud. I wanted to make him proud of me. So, what the 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 core component in this in this story? I mean, there's a few really good components, but I think the core component relevant for today is that when we look at the news right now, what the news is saying is whatever we lost 44 million jobs. I mean, it's coming back slowly, but it's also pointing to the fact that um, people graduating high school people graduating college right now, the job prospects for them are pretty slim. All right. And what I think your story definitely highlights is that the most important component of how you got started was attitude. Your attitude that swayed him and allowed him to see the potential to bring you into this environment that was aligned. And so I think that to our listeners, if, if you have a, a, a child who's, who's graduating or if you have a, somebody that you know and is saying, hey, I don't know what to do. I can't get a job. I don't know what's going on. Sales is a great place to start. But listen to what Brian said. The thing and the only way you're going to start in sales is by walking in the door with the biggest component of your resume that you have. And that's not your experience. It's your attitude. So buck up your attitude. Walk in there. Tell them you can do the job and then go do the job. That's what I'm getting out of this, Brian. I think it's a great story. You know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think you're right. And I never thought about that. I, I was so hungry and I really wanted it. And it's one of those things where I wasn't just applying for a job. Hey, I need, a, I need a paycheck. It was, I really want to do this, right? And I really right. want to work here. I want to sell and I'm hungry for it. I, I, it, was, it. I think he could tell. He said, I really love your enthusiasm. And I think he wanted to harness that. And I, and I think I gave the business somewhat a shot in the arm. And of course, they did the same to me. But it was, you know, one of the stats that we read the other day was I think 90% of people and millennials included would much rather enjoy their work and take a sacrifice on the money side of things. And, you know, obviously productivity is tied to that. And when productivity is tied to that, the money will come. And people always ask me, I think he asked me himself, he said, what motivates you? And, you know, what really gets you out of bed in the morning. And I told him, I said, it's really respect. I said, I want to be known as being the best. And I said, if I accomplish that, the money will follow. And if I am the best and people recognize that I'm the best, the money will be there naturally. And, you know, he, he I think we were cut from the same cloth to a certain degree. So it was, it that's was a great story. That it is was a great a story. Great Brian. ride. There's so much I'm leaving out of this. I'm editing out of this that, uh, <laughs> you know, some crazy stories that came out of it, but Really, I think you hit the nail on the head, John. I think that more than ever, and we talk about mission, vision, purpose, this generation and people that are working today are really focused on that. 
and they want to be a part of something where they're making a difference. They're actually helping their clients or they're helping their customers and they want to add value to the organization and of course their customers and clients. And I think that organizations really need to look into that and foster that from within before they take it outside their walls to their customers and to their, uh, their clients because the staff, I mean, really their productivity, their happiness, their health and well-being is tied into that. It's very, very important. Yeah, I mean, it, it has been said that the, that the single or the sole objective of any organization, of any company, not an organization really, but company, is to um, find, secure, and maintain a customer. And never says to do it in a, in a negative way. It never says to, to do it in a $100 million way. All it says is to, to find, to sell, to maintain the customer. And so I think, you know, we go back to some of the kids coming out of school right now, understand that the way in which that gets done, especially in your smaller organizations, which is the, the backbone of, of the United States employment, is really partially up to you. You bring to it the energy that you want to bring to it. You bring to it the, the, the direction and the devotion you want to bring to it. There's a really good chance that company is going to look at that and say, yeah, let's try that. It's okay. And then if you deliver, hey, you've done more than just gotten a job. You've actually changed the world. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it, John. I think for our next topic, we should tackle this because I was thinking about this as we, I, was, I was strolling down memory lane was, you know, are people, are salespeople born or are they made? Because if you think about it, uh, you know, can you take somebody who's raw and put them through a sales training, a formal sales training and turn that person into a salesperson or is it in like in my case, when I came in, I had this natural ability. And then of course, when I went through the formal sales training, it made me even more dangerous, right? I became even more deadly at, at what I do, but it's a great topic to tackle, you know, because we yeah. obviously we look at the stats and people are scared to pick up the phone. People are not asking for the order. And, you know, is that an internal thing where there's, there is a square peg in a round hole or is it because, Hey, they have it in them. They just haven't been trained properly and they just don't know how to do it. So it's a good topic for discussion, I think. With that, I say thank you for sharing. That was really that was really good. It was really worthwhile. Do appreciate the insight. Um, and I love stories with a good ending. Until next time, Brian, I wish you a great day. I wish you the same, John. Thank you so much. Thanks. It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited. But hopefully we got you thinking. Hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can they get in touch with us? Great question, John. Best way is email. Email us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we're going to help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts in your business and your revenue.